0: Brock Purdy, another dominating performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's like his team now. He owns property in Tampa. And the bad news, Talanoa Hufanga feared ACL tear. What that means for the 49ers. Jair Brown, the rookie, stepping in. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49 You are Locked On 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
1: Every
0: day. Welcome to Lockdown 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's Rapid React episode coming at you live a little bit later than usual, uh, brought to you by linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to you faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply all right I, i love that we still have got some folks fired up here in the chat even though we're not live immediately following the game. For those of you uh, that maybe listen to us on Monday morning, driving to work it's not going to change for you. We appreciate you. We love you as well. Uh, 49ers are rolling now. Uh, another win here, 24-17, or 20, 27-14, excuse me, win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week 11. Winkster Domus, 10-0. We're going to talk to him on Wednesday about all of that. Croc, uh, I'm just going to fast forward through the first half of the game as good as some of that action was, I think all the important stuff started happening in the second half of this football game. And uh, I want to point to one series in the third quarter. We talked a little bit this week about winning uh, the middle four minutes of the game, right? The end of the first half, the beginning of the second half. And for the 49ers in this game to come out in the third quarter and Baker Mayfield tried to do what we talked about him trying to do. He tried number 20, and then he tried the other side, tried number seven, right, and tried to go deep. And uh, And there was nothing there for him to hit big plays, trying for shot plays against the San Francisco 49ers defense. The Niners came back the other direction and hit a big play, uh, coming back from a 98-yard drive after stopping the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 98-yard drive, a big touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk from Brock Purdy that went for 76 yards in a touchdown. That was the backbreaker. That was the haymaker. That was the shot that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers never actually got up from in this football game.
1: I want to kind of skip to a certain portion of the game, and we'll discuss all that, but I want to give a game ball out.
0: Oh, we're, I'm gonna. Up? A- we we, we could just start for the game balls from jump if you want to, Croc. I like it.
1: <laughs> I'm giving a game ball to Kyle Shanahan, who, however, he drew up the plays or designed the plays, decided, you know what, it might be smart to target Brandon Ayuk. You know what, it might be smart to target George Kittle. George Kittle. Eight targets for George Kittle. Had a terrific game. I mean, obviously, like, when you look at our quarterbacks' numbers and you can clearly see the impact of both George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, but George Kittle, nine targets, hmm, you know, eight catches, 89 yards, a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, six targets, which was more than he got last week, which was just three targets, 156 yards. I think good things happen when you either as Kyle Shanahan or Brock Purdy, but either one of those guys combined. Those guys combined, just putting an emphasis on targeting two big-time playmakers and the effects that it has on the game, big-time plays and big-time moments. So shout-out to whoever it was, Kyle or Brock Purdy. Brock's going to get a game ball for other reasons. I mean, he was out there hooping. But mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan specifically, because I've just been like, I don't understand the usage of George Kittle. And today it was like, there we go, nine targets, get it to him, and look what he did with it.
0: It was like, of course, George Kittle is part of the game plan. How could he not be part of the game plan? That's what it looked like in this game. This is one of the best as far as just targets in the passing game. John Jennings did get one target, but it was McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. And Kittle was actually the leading target. I think you said eight. I think it was nine. I'm seeing Nine. nine. Nine, tar- Nine targets, eight catches. Yeah, for George Kittle for eighty-nine yards. No, no, you know, no big plays down the field. There was a twenty-four yarder to George Kittle, but they were targeting. It wasn't about just like, oh, let's create space and get him this one big play and target him three times. It was like, no, he's going to be a part of the game plan. We're going to target him a lot in this game. It was the same for Brandon IU. Debo Samuel involved as well. Four t- targets, three catches. Uh, he had the one carry for negative one yard, and he did well to get the negative one on that one. Uh, and obviously, it's it's funny because the way the 49ers offense works, it's like Kyle Shanahan plans for Debo to get the ball on the first drive. You know, Christian McCaffrey is going to touch the ball 25 times. And then the the question is from there, how much is Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle going to be involved? And I feel like they did a good job of getting everybody involved. Was it because of the way the, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers were playing defense in this game? It's just natural progression that George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk were going to be involved in this game. Uh, but it, I just I just I love the way everything came together on the offensive side of the ball for the 49ers. Would have liked to see less Christian McCaffrey late with the lead. The 49ers let the Bucks kind of hang around enough to where Kyle Shanahan was not comfortable going to any closers in the backfield. Uh and uh and, and like, you know, just those extra carries for Christian McCaffrey. I don't love, but there's like not a lot you could look at this game and think, man, this did not go well for the 49ers. Um Tampa Bay ran the ball okay against the 49ers. It was ended up being 3.7 yards per carry. I think at one point it was, you know, four and a half yards per carry, Uh, but it was never a problem either. So I'm not worried about that. Um, I'm not worried about really anything I saw from the 49ers. And I really thought they did a great job. Mike Evans. How about this? This was one of our keys to victory. I talked about it with James Yarko. In the crossover episode, Croc talked about it with you in the keys to victory episode. Mike Evans was targeted 12 times. He got five of those passes. That's a huge win for the 49ers. He got the touchdown, but I'm not even blaming Ambry Thomas for that. He's playing the outside leverage. He's trying to this is a sick. This is Mike Evans. You know, you have to play to defend the red zone fade. He knows he has help inside. Good on the Bucks, good on Baker Mayfield for not throwing that. Uh, Ambry Thomas knew he had a help inside with Gibson. And he didn't throw the ball in that first window or else Gibson. And Gibson, I think, thought he was going to take one to the house right there because he was obviously eyeing that and reading it. And it was a good call by the 49ers. It was a good defensive play. Uh, But sometimes the offense wins and they score the touchdown on that. But I thought the 49ers played Mike Evans pretty well. A couple of comebacks, little outs against Ward. Nothing backbreaking from Mike Evans. 12 targets, five catches. So, I mean, uh, mean, game balls are going to be, I think, flying all around for us tonight for the 49ers.
1: Yeah, you know, I think anytime you hold a receiver like that, right, like extremely talented, and he's had a lot of big games as a late is getting he's gonna have 10 straight seasons of a thousand yards. So and he's coming off of a game where he had like 150 yards or whatever it was. So we put a big emphasis on just how do you defend. Uh, Mike Evans, who do you put on Mike Evans? And the 49ers say, you know what? Just whoever he lines up in front of, like that's who's going to end up guarding him. And, you know, I like how you talked about on the touchdown pass because a lot of people probably will say, oh man, you know, Amber Thomas just got beat for a touchdown. But there was a little uh, schematics to that. Playing more outside shade, trying to take away the fade. And, all right, I'm going to have help inside. And unfortunately for the 49ers defense, uh, Baker Mayfield was able to hang in there until he was able to get to that second window. So good job by Baker Mayfield, finding a way to kind of, you know, defeat uh, the defense in that instance there. But uh, the way that they covered him, Chris Godwin, who is another, you know, terrific receiver as well. You know, he was a guy who didn't really have any catches until the second half. I thought the 49ers secondary did a solid job of holding up against a couple of receivers that can really uh, be game changers. And they stopped him. Now, there were some other guys that got off, but the two guys that you felt like you can't let them beat you Forty Nine ers did a good job of covering those two. All
0: right. There's a whole lot more we got to get to in this episode. Uh, We're breaking down everything we saw from week 11, 49ers win 27, 14 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got to give out more game balls, crock fired up, giving game balls right out of the shoot. Let's keep it going because there's plenty to uh, give props to in this win for the 49ers as they improve to seven and three now on the season and get a little space ahead of those Seattle Seahawks uh, heading into that Thanksgiving matchup next week. Uh, More Rapid React 49ers game balls coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your job faster and for free. And why not go to LinkedIn? Because that's where all the job seekers already are. I'm on LinkedIn, Croc's on LinkedIn, you're on LinkedIn. So all you do is you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and it spreads the word that you're hiring. Then use simple tools, screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates. You want to talk to you faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Uh, so th- let's just get this one out of the way and give a game ball to Brock Purdy who, I mean, if you remember last year, Crock, and it was almost exactly a year ago where Brock Purdy, I think it was early December, right? Brock Purdy was uh, the guy who came in. Nobody really knew a lot about him. Came in against the Tampa Bay or he came in against the Miami dolphins. And with an NG, injured Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers won that game. We're like, Hey, Brock Purdy looked pretty good. And then it was like, okay, Tom Brady's coming to town. Brock Purdy shows up and By the time the game is over, the entire Levi's Stadium doesn't care about Tom Brady, the local kid that's coming back, right? The GOAT. They're chanting Brock Purdy's name. And so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come back to play the 49ers in Levi's Stadium. And what does Brock Purdy do? He goes 158.3, perfect passer rating, 21 of 25 passing, 333 yards, 3 touchdowns, 0 interceptions. He was sacked 4 times. One of the best performances he's had in his career statistically and it just everything just looked easy. Like it was that easy Brock Purdy game where you watching him play and you go, "How is this guy this good? Brock Purdy is that good." And he dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, he owns Tampa Crock.
1: He was terrific and I had tweeted out, man. Brock pretty he's hooping right and hooping basically just means he's out there balling you know he was making all the throws that need to be made started off making some really nice layer throws over defenders and he's been very consistent with making those throws and we've identified those as staples of the Kyle Shanahan offense so uh doing a terrific job of that but then hey you know making plays on the move hitting Debo Samuel big gain Throwing the goal route, I mean, we just don't see that in the 49ers' offense. He tried it early on. It was incomplete, um, a, a pass intended for Brandon I Came back to it uh, and hit him for a big, what was it, 77-yard gain on a, on a touchdown beating, uh, I want to say was Jamil Dean on, Jamel on that play?
0: Dean, yeah, it was, the, it was the slot fade. And when he let the ball go, it was like, oh, okay, is this going to get there? And then Jamel Dean jumped up and tried to make a play in the ball. I was like, oh, no. Is it going to be picked? Is it going to be, you know, uh, uh, a pass defensed? No. Brock Purdy put it perfect placement on the outside shoulder of Brandon Ayuk running the fade. It could not be placed perfect. He couldn't have ran out there and said it better. I mean, it's awesome to see a deep throw like that. And it's something that you don't see in the 49ers offense. It's something that's missing from the 49ers offense. But two weeks in a row now, Croc, we've seen 49ers receivers. Last week, it was George Kittle. This week, it was Brandon Ayuk. walk into the end zone looking around like, Where's the defense? The defense isn't even on the TV screen. If you're watching the broadcast of that game. And, uh, and so that's fun to see. So when you have the, when you have the, the element of the short to intermediate that, that Brock purdy has been so good at the layered throws, the anticipation, the uh, you know, just the, the laser focus that he has the guts to throw some of these tight window throws. And then you're making throws over the top and deep plays because the defense has to, uh they have to they have to play to defend that short and intermediate area of the field. You have to be able to beat them deep in that case. And the 49ers have, and, and Brock Purdy's made those throws and the 49ers receivers have made those plays the last couple of weeks. So that, that was really fun to see. And that was the icing on the cake of this game. And that was the haymaker that really uh the Bucks and, and there was the Hufanga injury we're gonna talk about in a second. And uh they they kind of hung around a little bit, but they never really got up from that uh from that third quarter. Uh, 49ers defending their shot plays, and then the 49ers coming back and say, Oh, we're gonna go 98 yards and we're gonna throw a shot play of our own.
1: They, they were trying, man. And I felt like 49ers doing kind of certain things to kind of let them back in the game. Some poor special teams moments, you know, big returns yeah. uh, late in that game, and then penalties and kind of setting them up in scoring position. The defense did a really good job. Of holding up, and you know, they've received a lot of flack over the last few weeks, especially during that uh, three game losing streak. But holding up in that red zone, uh, while even again, not, not an amazing second half for the secondary at one point, eight straight completions for Baker Mayfield, uh, to different receivers. Jair Brown comes in for an injured title, no funga, and I know we'll kind of discuss that. I sent you a text message, uh, as, as, soon, as, yeah. as soon as it happened. He did. So we'll, we'll get into that when we touch more on Hufunga and and uh, Jair Brown coming in. But fighting through adversity, uh, I, I thought they did a terrific job of that. And just some near interceptions, some passes where I felt like maybe they made things a little bit more difficult than it had to be because they got their hands on some passes, jumping some of, of uh, Baker Mayfield's throws. But ultimately, I have asked to see the 49ers be able to fight through a certain level of adversity. And I felt like, and, and again, that's for me to see them as a Super Bowl team. Like a legit, I, I know they have a Super Bowl roster. I know they're a team that's going to compete for the Super Bowl. Like, can you win the Super Bowl? I feel like there, there are certain adversities I would like to see them go through to know that they can overcome what it takes to win it all. Uh, I, I feel like th- this was a step in the right direction uh, with just some of the things they were faced with, which were a little less than ideal. Now, they were ahead. And we've seen that a lot from them, right? Even Brock Purdy, he played lights out. But it's like you play lights out, you're ahead. What does it look like when uh, maybe it's a little bit tighter, and there's a little bit more pressure on some of these plays? So we still don't know exactly what that looks like. But overall, uh, a terrific job of them. Uh, figuring out a way to kind of fend off a team. And, you know, I'm talking about adversity and all that. They, they won by 13, and I think the spread was like 13 or 13 and a half. So uh,
0: they were expected to
1: win by a certain margin, yeah. and they did that.
0: Yeah, they covered – I think it was 12 and a half. They covered it by a half. That's what I have written – or no, I have 11 and a half here. That, that was what it was on Thursday when I did my Peacock.
1: It, it kept climbing up. Like really? today it was 13 and a half.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah so – uh, i i read an article last week about how the the sports books want the 49ers to lose because people keep putting number putting money on the 49ers, even after the 49ers had the three game losing streak, they were still they still had the third best odds to win the Super Bowl. Like that number never came down because people still believe in them and keep and kept betting on them. So there's I think there's as much money on the 49ers this year week to week and to win the Super Bowl the, uh, versus any team in the NFL. And uh, I think a lot of those people putting in that money are listening to this podcast right now because they believe. And when you watch a game like this, it, it's, it's really easy to believe because the 49ers are, are, are a pretty complete football team. And you, you got to try to nitpick and look at some penalties, look at some red zone stuff. And um, it, gets a, it gets a little bit more. Jake's wondering where you can buy this hat. This is a one-off hat that you cannot buy. I've got the black with red thread. Crocs got the red with black thread. And those are the only two that exist and that may ever exist on the planet, unfortunately. And uh, I think that's the way it's going to stay. Um, Real quick, we got to talk about the DBs. We got to talk about who Hufonga's injury, what that could mean for the 49ers. Jair Brown, rookie safety that is forced into action now. Um, do you think so? This is what's frustrating. And we talked about this during the three game losing streak and during the bye week, Croc. You see Kittle, nine targets, eight catches. Brandon Ayuk, one of his best games statistically. Uh, the 76-yard touchdown, five catches, but 156 yards, 31.2 yards average on his receptions in this game. And then you say, okay, well, Debo Samuel didn't go crazy in this game. How come that those stat lines couldn't happen when Debo was out of the game? Does Debo make that much of a difference? Is it because Trent Williams? Is it the Trent Williams-Debo combo? What do you see that's different in this game where the 49ers like drop back passing game? Led the way 3.7 yards per carry from Christian McCaffrey. They they kept her on the ball, kept her on the ball. Kyle got to his 30 total rushes in this game. When you count Purdy and you count Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell got in there for four carries, but it wasn't led by the ground game. There was a drop back passing game. It had to be for the 49ers in this game against this team. And that's what it called for. How come we couldn't see this in some of those other games that the 49ers lost?
1: Uh, I think they missed the explosive plays and targeting guys like, George Kittle again. I know I put a lot of emphasis on that, but you know, I keep going back to the Browns game where you lose Christian McCaffrey, you lose Debo Samuel, and in the entire game, George Kittle had two targets. Like, to me, that's kind of ridiculous. So, uh, when you look at the passing game in this game, or even you look at you know, last week and what it looked like, it's targeting guys down the field, it's uh, getting your playmakers a little bit more involved, and there was more emphasis on it this game, but. I really feel like whenever Kyle Shanahan wants it, like it's there. It's just maybe uh, getting a little bit away from what your ideal thoughts are heading into the game. Uh, you know, I had seven on seven tryouts today. A lot of terrific athletes in the 209 uh, Stockton area. And, you know, I'm looking at these guys and I'm lo- and looking at, you know, how I could utilize them, you know, these long, scrappy, you know, defensive backs. And I'm like, man, I'd love to do some man match, you know, stuff with these guys and kind of teach them that. But if they can't do it, then, all right, I need to go to something else. But if they can do it, then, hey, man, like let's ride this because th- this is what will get them to play to like their full potential and their, their best ability. Do some man match, mixing some zone stuff, some press bell stuff because I have these longer corners. Well, the 49ers is like, they have these guys that do so much, and it's like, yeah, but I want to run quarters. Like, that would be me just being like, I have all these guys that can do all these different things, but I'm just going to run quarters and have them sit off at eight yards. And uh, just try not to let anything behind you instead of, you know, challenging them, playing a little bit more press man, press bell, different type of concepts that can really kind of showcase their skill set even more as opposed to playing a little softer. And I think that's what we see a lot from Kyle.
0: And I think in this game, especially Kyle came out knowing this is the game plan. This is how we're going to have to win this game in other games. His game plan wasn't exactly that, especially the Browns game. It was a very different game plan. And all of a sudden you lose the guy who's the main part of your game plan. I think that was one of the going to be one of the biggest depot games of the year. He gets hurt early and that affects things as well. So a lot of it is, is Kyle Shanahan, the way he uh, looks at how to attack a defense from week to week and and how he usually wants to attack a defense anyway, with the ground game, the short passing game. Um, I, I think this was one of those where all week long Kyle knew that it was going to be a kittle game. It was going to be an opportunity to take some shot plays, some more, um, some more throws to Ayuk, and that's what it ended up being for the 49ers to win this game. Okay, we got to talk Hufanga's injury, we got to talk Jair Brown and the 49ers defense. Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by DoorDash and When you think of football, for me at least, when I think of football, I think of food. What's the spread going to be? I got to be prepared for it, whether I'm working during a football game or whether I'm just watching as a fan and I'm hanging out and I need something to eat. uh, If the game goes a timeout, it's time to order DoorDash, right? If it's halftime, that's ordering time. Two-minute warning, you got it. That's your cue to order in. For me locally, I like to go Pizza Hacker. I like the sourdough crust. And they don't deliver, but with DoorDash, I can get that right to my door. Uh, Super Duper Burger is another one for me. And how about the Keysar Pub Wings? I'm gonna throw three at you. I'm only supposed to throw one. That's three options if you're in San Francisco or around the Bay Area. There's some other uh, some other options in different cities around the Bay to get those to your door with DoorDash. That's why it's called DoorDash. Or groceries, restaurants, retail. You can. Cook your own spread at home. Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and use our code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget to use code lock 23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. So a sober moment when... uh it, it was almost a little bit funny at first croc when Rashad White kind of broke Hufanga's angles, ankles, right? And uh and Hufanga left the game. It's like, oh man, did they bench Hufanga because he missed a tackle in the open field? And then you find out, oh no, he went in the tent. And then you find out, oh, he's out for the rest of the game. And that, that came quick. And you realize, oh, this is maybe serious. And then seeing that replay back and seeing how he broke down and his right leg buckled and um Kyle Shanahan after the game uh, you know all of the the internet doctors said the same thing He's like that looks like something that's probably non-contact ACL type of injury Kyle Shanahan confirmed that after the game that they're fearing that it's an ACL injury Monday we'll find out when he goes through the, eight, the, for the through the MRI but man uh, it's a huge loss for the 49ers Tono Hufanga, it looks like right now Uh, Everything points to that's probably an ACL injury and Talano Hufanga is done for the year for the 49ers. So watching Jair Brown get thrust into action, the rookie third rounder Niners loved him. They traded up to get him. He's got a lot of similarities in his game to both of the 49ers safety uh, safeties. Um, What did you see from Jair Brown and what kind of a loss is it for the 49ers with Hufanga likely done for the year?
1: Well, first of all, with Hufunga, I mean, that's just a guy, you know, since he's been in the league, he's been in every different situation. So, you know, not an amazing start to the season, but just the experience that he has gained in the years he's played with the 49ers, whether it was coming off the bench, having the feeling for Jaquisky Tart, uh, in that situation, playing last year, being all pro, and then this year maybe experiencing maybe a little bit more low moments uh, than maybe he ideally would like. You know, I think all that kind of goes towards – the overall player and kind of building it up and then maybe being more ready for the postseason. Now you have to insert a guy like Jair Brown, who immediately I, <laughs> I text you. <laughs> Do you want to tell people what the text message said? Yeah,
0: so uh, the, the, this is first play on the field. He gets targeted. Uh, I can't remember who the receiver was, but it was the, you know, the seam route. He gets beat deep and Croc sends me a text immediately. that says, Four point six five forty.
1: One of the things that we we've said a lot on this podcast, and we talked about Jair Brown, and we were worried about one thing, and it's like, if he's in position, like he just doesn't have like that kind of speed, right? Like just the speed we watched him, uh, just kind of have bad angles and we're like, is the guy really fast or is Jair and Brown just slow, right? Like that was our, that was our questions that we come away with. And it was just, he's not like a special athlete in the sense of just ability. And there were a lot of people, uh, 49er fans clamoring to put him in the nickel spot. They're like, man, figure out something with this nickel is not, it's not, uh, not going to be uh, Isaiah Oliver, you know, Diamondo Lenore, I don't know. What about trying Jair Brown? And we're like, he, he's not a cover guy like that. Like, that's not his specialty. Maybe if it's a a, a tight end, then cool. But you're talking about like receivers and having, and he's going to have to guard guys in space. Like, that's not going to be what he hangs his hat on. And you see right away, they, they targeted him vertically. All right, you're going to be off. You're, you're having to match our guy vertically. You don't have the speed. And the saying that we have is, you don't need speed or the 40 doesn't matter until it matters, right? So uh, what we mean by thats four, six, five. if you're just playing soft and you're keeping everything in front of you and you're just kind of coming downhill and triggering, then yeah, your 40-yard dash time is not going to matter. And that might be 90% of the time. But the other 10% of the time where maybe a team tries to use your lack of speed to their advantage and they kind of get you where you're matched with a guy vertically, which is what we saw right away in this game, like, that's where it can hurt you.
0: We saw the entire Jair Brown scattering report in one quarter of NFL football, basically. Yeah, and um, look, and Hufanga didn't have a great 40 time, Tashawn Gibson didn't have a good 40 time, so there's ways to, um, to, to, and you watch that route that he got beat on, like he's flat footed, and there's a dude faster than him, and he's even, and you're like, well, that's not good because if you're even right now. This is a wide receiver. He's faster than you. He, you, you're four six five, and that's what's going to happen over the top. And Hufanga does a good job, and, and Gibson does a good job of not putting themselves into that position, seeing what's going on in front of them. Hufanga got beat on nearly the identical route seam route it was by tight end Kate Otten earlier on in the game too. It was a little bit different, but uh, he got beat on a, on a similar route too. So um, it's not that it's just super rare for a safety to get beat on a seam, but. It Was just that okay, we saw the scouting report, we saw the playmaking ability. Uh, we saw
1: the out one was oh. a little different. It was it was that the 49ers went to it looked like more of a two-high type shell, and Hufunga was disguising, so he was down, he was down at first near the box, and the 49ers like to kind of disguise things and try to bail out late, so yeah. he's bailing out to his deep half while they're running a tight end up the seam. So that that was a little different. Uh than Jair being matched vertically with the receiver. Uh I think the Ot one was a little bit more good play call versus a bailing safety into his half. That that's what it looked like to me.
0: Uh in their chat they're saying it was Otten that Brown was beat by. No, that that was, I think, uh the receiver Palmer, right? It was Trey Palmer, I believe, was the receiver that
1: it was one of the speedy guys. I don't even know if it was Palmer, it was somewhat a different name than that.
0: Was Pickens it Pickens
1: or Something, I mean, it was it
0: was something, it wasn't, Tompkins, it wasn't no, not Tompkins. It was maybe Jarrett, Rakim Jarrett, yeah, yeah, 41 yeah, yards it it was one catch for 40 it was his only catch of the game. That's who it was one catch for 41 yards,
1: yeah.
0: It was Hufanga that got beat by Kate Otten earlier on in the game, 27 yarder, uh, down the seam. yeah. yeah so six, second and 19, Mario's yeah. but yeah. Um, he, he it, was building to a two half,
1: so that, that, that's just a little different because that's not. That's not, uh, oh, I'm mad. Like he just ended up seeing it. And then he ended up being the first guy to react to it right. as opposed to
0: wasn't this guy I'm
1: vertically with this guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, so for anybody out there, that's just thinking like, well, I see who make this tackle on this guy that ends up getting the first down. Like, well, he got beat by him. And it's like, uh, no, it's not really, those, those aren't the same. When, if it is the same, I'll tell y'all it's the same. Like, yeah, yeah. very similar plays, uh, very similar concepts. But uh, it, it was drastically different.
0: So yeah, we we'll see what it looks like. I mean, it's going to be Jair Brown. I've seen a lot of names in the chat here for you know Tard bringing him back, or um, I mean, I would love to see Kwaski T back. And, and the 49ers, if it is a torn ACL and uh, and and ends up going on IR, they're going to probably make a roster move and bring somebody in, whether it's to the to the fifty three or to the practice squad, I would imagine Taylor Hawkins, next man up from the practice squad, gets elevated. Um, but it's going to be Jair Brown. They drafted him in the third round. They traded up for him. I mean, and this is the scenario that Hufanga was in. We weren't sure about Hufanga after his rookie year. It was like, hey, is he athletic enough? Is he going to be a starting guy? Or is he like maybe even a, a, a sort of a dime linebacker style of player? And he didn't play much as a rookie on defense until Tart got hurt, right? So it was a very similar situation. And so um, I think it's tough for a rookie. You get your first action. All of a sudden, mid game, it's like, "Oh, here we go! I'm playing. Oh my god!" And oh, I just got targeted and I just got beat. Right? And I think it happens fast, and I, I can't imagine what that's like. But he made some plays. Um, I will say the the, the two ma- plays he made were both one bounced off someone's helmet, you know. And, and, but he made the play. He made the catch. And the the one with uh, the one in the end zone to Mike Evans. That was also. Baker Mayfield getting hit and threw a dead duck out there because there was some space. He and, was you know, uh, good on Brown for not committing PI on that play either. But so, uh, so an interesting night for Jair Brown. And and so that's going to be a big focus against the Seattle Seahawks short week here on Thursday, uh, seeing Jair Brown, he's going to be in there for Talano Hufonga. I think even in the best case scenario for Hufonga's injury, and and we might not see Hufonga. Someone asked how long is an ACL? Can he be back by training camp? Um, I, I, it's nine to 12 months. Usually, um, you know, usually I, nine
1: months. It just depends. A lot of it depends on the player. Like everybody's different. Uh, I feel like Kyler Murray, it was like a long time with him, but a lot of players, you know, just if I off the top of my head, I would assume that by regular season next year, he would, he'll be fine.
0: We, we, we kind of got away from giving our game balls out. We got to do that really quick, and, and we're out of time here. But uh, Ayuk, uh, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan, you gave up a game ball too earlier. Uh, I got to say Fred Warner, all over the place. He was a madman in this game, as he is m- many games. Gets a game ball in this one. Any more game balls before we go, Crock?
1: I'll say uh, Traverse Ward. I, I mean, there were even a couple catches where, I mean, highly contested by Ward. And I always appreciate a defensive back that's not playing soft, that's challenging himself. And even at the catch point, like the quarterback just had to make the most perfect throw to complete a pass on Ward. And, and that happened a couple of times, as well as him having some breakups, uh, slot fade, end zone, pass breakup as well. So a terrific job by our guy, Travers Ward, uh, competing throughout the day. I definitely give him a game ball.
0: Appreciate all the everydayers jumping in the live chat with us here. Post game 49ers, 27-14 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Quick turnaround. We'll be talking a lot about Seattle Seahawks this week. Of course, we'll be coming at you every single day as we do on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Croc and I back tomorrow. Locked On 49ers.